Hey everyone, I am excited to announce that Esther, Something Hidden, Something Revealed, is now available on Amazon as a side study, Volume H, in the Gospel Feast series. The book of Esther is a mysterious one. As written, it is a book with many contradictions. The name Esther means something hidden. It does contain several historical conundrums and a handful of mysteries. It is the only book in the Bible that never mentions God at all. Why? Many Jews today say that it is just fiction, because they can't find any of the characters mentioned within, historically. And yet, they celebrate the book with a major festival, annually. It is also one of the books that is required reading in the weeks before Passover, every year. Not by God, but by Esther herself. Why do this if you insist the book is just fiction? It is one of the only books that Joseph Smith made no corrections to, although he considered it to be historical. How is any of this possible? Esther reads as an eyewitness account, but then struggles with the simple, logical issues and frequently contradicts itself in some very strange ways. How come? Considering that Esther became the most powerful queen of the world's largest empire, none of this makes any sense. Or does it? Despite the wonderful story, we are left with the puzzling questions. Who was King Ahasuerus? Who was Mordecai? Who was Haman? And actually, who was Esther? The answers may just surprise you. The book is not fiction. And in fact, all of the puzzling contradictions were put in place for a very devious reason, and not by Esther. Join us on this astounding historical reconstruction and be amazed at what Esther really tried to do, and how, had she been able to accomplish what she had tried, your life would be very different right now. You think you know the book of Esther? Are you sure? Let's feast on the Word of God together and see what a woman of God can do when she really puts her mind to it. It also might make an incredible Mother's Day gift for the ladies in your life. Happy Mother's Day. This is the Gospel Feast Podcast for those that need a little meat after the milk. It's time to feast on the Word. Welcome back. In this episode, we are going to explore the last wish of Jonah's heart, that the evil city of Nineveh come to an end. Jonah, as you may remember, was a Galilean. The Lord would allow another man from Galilee to proclaim Nineveh's end. It is kind of a humorous side note, but you may remember how the Jews of Jesus' day mocked him, saying that no prophet comes from Galilee. Well, at least two great prophets did. And both of them declared the end of Lucifer's greatest power at that time on the earth. Our Lord was in great company when he announced the very same with his men from Galilee centuries later. I'm very excited about this feast because I admit that before now I've had no interest in reading Nahum. But even famous reverends like Oxford's Reverend John Owen said in circa 1660 that no one of the prophets seems to equal the sublimity the vehemence, and the boldness of Nahum. His prophecy is a complete and finished poem. So now, 
Let's add this prophet to our list of beloved ones. Read, let's continue. Jonah did not live to see the destruction of Nineveh, but he did prophesy against it. The Jews believed that a later prophet, Nahum, also from Galilee, would finish the prophecy of Jonah. Nahum did not glory in the destruction of Israel's national enemy. Perhaps this was one reason that God chose him over Jonah to deal the prophetic blow. The Lord, like Captain Moroni of old, does not delight in destruction, nor expanding Satan's kingdom with the souls of the unprepared. It is an unfortunate position that men place God in. He does not delight in punishing the wicked. And yet if he doesn't punish a nation, they are soon to question whether the punishment would have come at all. You and I would do well to remember that as we watch our countrymen provoke our God. Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrian Empire, was destroyed by the Medes and their coalition in 612 BC. Josephus recorded that the Medes were the descendants of Japheth through his son Madai. Despite Nineveh's enormous size, the Lord had said through the prophet Nahum that Nineveh would be completely destroyed. This happened so precisely that for many years Darwinists in Europe used it against biblical scholars. They boasted that since Western man didn't know the location of Nineveh, perhaps it never existed. Of course, today we have indeed found the ruins, and they were right where the Bible said they would be. Since its rediscovery, scholars and historians have been able to pinpoint the time frame of Nahum's book. It is believed that Jonah's mission to the great capital city occurred around 760 BC. We know that Nahum wrote the Lord's Declaration, now called the Book of Nahum in the Old Testament, after the destruction of Thebes in Egypt. This took place in 663 BC, when it was conquered by Ashurbanipal, the king of Assyria. Nineveh was still standing at that time. Thebes returned to power in 654 BC, so Nahum's writings can be dated between these dates. The year of Nineveh's destruction is mentioned in an ancient record titled The Fall of Nineveh Chronicle, currently in the British Museum. It contains the story of the destruction of the Assyrian Empire step by step and year by year until finally the armies of Akkad, king of the Medes, with his allies the Chaldeans, rebelling Assyrians, Babylonians, Scythians, and Chimerians, besieged Nineveh in 612 BC. They completely sacked the capital and overthrew the entire empire only three years later. The hole caused by the loss paved the way for Nebuchadnezzar's rise circa 605 BC. Let's explore Nahum's short book as a means of better understanding the Lord's dealings with Nineveh and how the Lord always keeps his promises. Nineveh had been warned and through repentance bought herself several years, but it was not to last. We know a little about Nahum. His name means comforter, and he was from Capernaum in Galilee. He also lived in Elkosh. He received the following vision from the Lord. Nahum 1.1 The Burden of Nineveh The Book of the Vision of Nahum The Elkoshite The rabbis say that this opening verse could also be read as saying, This is the harsh cup which Nineveh will bear. A book of vision has already been written concerning Nineveh, the prophecy of Jonah, son of Amittai. And now again, Nahum, the Elkoshite, prophesied this harsh prophecy over it. Thus, Nahum's book can be seen as a continuation of Jonah's work and ministry. Nahum would give us this insight into the Lord's frustration with the Assyrians. God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth, and is furious. 
The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. Hebrew contains no word like the English very. In Hebrew, if you wish to emphasize something so as to say, the Lord is very angry, as opposed to just regular angry, you repeat the word. Here we see that the Lord is very angry, as the word revenge and vengeance is repeated. How mad is the Lord? He is very, very, very mad. The Lord is slow to anger, and great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. In other words, because the Lord doesn't get mad easily, and since he is three times very mad now, one can be sure that Nineveh has really ticked him off. The Lord is also almighty. Men see astounding shows of nature like tornadoes or swirling wind and storms and are amazed. But these are but the dust of the Lord's feet. To him, the mightiest terror that nature can show is absolutely nothing. He rebuketh the sea and maketh it dry, and drieth up all the rivers. Bashan languisheth, and Carmel, and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The mountains quake at him, and the hills melt, and the earth is burned at his presence, yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Anciently, Bashan, Carmel, and Lebanon were seats of great power. They too are nothing. The comet on the sea made dry, as well as the rivers which feed it, should now take on additional meaning to you in the wake of our Jonah study. Who can stand before his indignation? Who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. The Lord is righteous in his judgments. He is slow to anger and ever willing to give men every chance, but when that chance is past, there is none fiercer. He is also the greatest of commanders. He knows who is on his side and will save them in the end in the day of their trouble, be that in the flesh upon the earth or after death in the midst of an oceanic prison. But with an overrunning flood, he will make an utter end of the place thereof, and darkness shall pursue his enemies. The Babylonian chronicles say that the river Tigris, which flowed through Nineveh, flooded and helped bring down one of the walls, greatly aiding the sacking of numerous temples, and finally the Assyrian palace itself. What do ye imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end. Affliction shall not rise up the second time. For while they be folden together as thorns, and while they are drunken as drunkards, they shall be devoured as stubble, fully dry. Nineveh's power and the day of glory was over. It would never be rebuilt, even to a tiny fraction of its splendor. Thus saith the Lord, Though they be quiet, and likewise many, yet thus shall they be cut down, when he shall pass through. Though I have afflicted thee, I will afflict thee no more. For now will I break his yoke from off thee, and will burst thy bands in sunder. There were false prophets who said it could never happen. Nineveh the Great could never fall. Many peoples cried to their gods about Nineveh. Israel cried to the Lord from relief from Nineveh. Since the days of Nimrod, Nineveh had beaten and afflicted all the peoples of the earth. We will show this to be literally true in a future gospel feast. And the Lord hath given a commandment concerning thee, that no more of thy name be sown, 
Out of the house of thy gods will I cut off the graven image and the molten image. I will make thy grave, for thou art vile. Behold upon the mountains the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace. O Judah, keep thy solemn feasts, perform thy vows, for the wicked shall no more pass through thee. He is utterly cut off. The Lord was ready to hear their pleas. He also had a special message for his personal stewardship, the remaining people of Israel, the Jews. Glad tidings upon the mountains, but the people needed to keep their covenants for God to send them personal peace. You will remember that the ten tribes had been carried off by the Assyrians to the Caucasus Mountains already. Next, God foretold the fall of Nineveh as though it were happening right at that moment before his eyes. All things are before the Lord. Remember the all-seeing eye. It is great poetry. He that dasheth in pieces is come up before thy face. Keep the munition. Watch the way. Make thy loins strong. Fortify thy power mightily. In other words, From the walls of Nineveh an army is seen. A call to arms! Man the gates! Prepare your defense! is the cry. Ha! It'll do you no good. For the Lord hath turned away the excellency of Jacob, as the excellency of Israel, for the emptiers have emptied them out and marred their vine branches. In other words, Yes, this is the God of Israel speaking, and even though you think I am no longer a player in the events of the world, even though you laugh and say, Where is Israel that you said you'd protect? It was I that punished Israel, but I will yet restore Zion, and you will be the one punished and completely destroyed. I see it even now before my eyes. It has already happened because I have decreed it. See for yourself, because you will yet witness it. The shield of his mighty men is made red. The valiant men are in scarlet. The chariots shall be with flaming torches in the day of his preparation, and the fir trees shall be terribly shaken. The metal for your weapons catches the light of the sun. Your strong men are dressed in red uniforms. Your chariots move into position. The chariots shall rage in the streets. They shall jostle one against another in the broad ways. They shall seem like torches. They shall run like the lightnings. He shall recount his worthies. They shall stumble in their walk. They shall make haste to the wall thereof, and the defense shall be prepared. I see your panic as you rush about to prepare for me. Despite all your spectacle of war, here is what you will see. The gates of the rivers shall be opened, and the palace shall be dissolved. And Hazab shall be led away captive. She shall be brought up, and her maids shall lead her as with the voice of doves, tambouring upon their breasts. But Nineveh is of old like a pool of water. Yet they shall flee away. Stand, stand, shall they cry, but none shall look back. The river will knock down your walls. Your palace has been completely sacked. Your harem and women are crying like doves, beating their breasts in sorrow. Like a pool of water before the noonday sun, Nineveh is evaporated, gone. The king is screaming to the men, Stand and fight! But they do not. Your strong men are scared. See their loyalty. They are running away. Take ye the spoil of silver. Take the spoil of gold. For there's none end of the store and glory out of all the pleasant furniture. She is empty and void and waste. And the heart melteth, and the knees smite together, and much pain is in all loins and the faces of them all gather blackness. It is said that there is no end to the wealth of Nineveh, but look, all your treasure is being taken away from you. See the terror. 
You cannot even hold your bowels. You are peeing all over yourselves. Even your warriors have wet themselves like baby boys. Your faces look like death. Where is the dwelling of the lions, and the feeding place of the young lions, where the lion, even the old lion, walked in the lion's whelp, and none made them afraid? The lion did tear in pieces enough for his whelps, and strangled for his lionesses, and filled his holes with prey, and his den with raven. You thought of yourselves as lions. Your mansions were dens of power, where your powerful lords fed, and where your young princes took their spoils. You're so proud. Even your old men strutted around, and your children thought they were mighty. You all feared nothing, but you are in terror now, aren't you? You fed your children on the death of others. You murdered to feed your women, and piled your prey upon the earth, and heaped them in your homes. You are more beasts than children of men. See, where are you now? You wonder how this is possible, you men of great strength. It is because... Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts. And I will burn her chariots in the smoke, and the sword shall devour thy young lions, and I will cut off thy prey from the earth, and the voice of thy messengers shall no more be heard. I am is against you. Yes, even the great Jehovah, the Lord of the armies of heaven. It is I who crushed you and stopped your hunting of the children of men. You made them your prey. This same great God will now lay out his grievances, since he is the righteous judge of all the nations. Woe to the bloody city! It is all full of lies and robbery. The prey departeth not. The noise of a whip, and the noise of the rattling of the wheels, and of the prancing horses, and of the jumping chariots. The horseman lifteth up both the bright sword and the glittering spear, and there is a multitude of slain, and a great number of carcasses, and there is none end of their corpses. They stumble upon their corpses. Because of the multitude of the whoredoms of the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcrafts, that selleth nations through her whoredoms, and families through her witchcrafts. Nineveh, your sins never end. You murder and murder. You hold up slutty women for praise. Your men only think of plunder, sex, and violence. You have killed so many people that you are tripping over them. Your wealth and beauties are infectious. You have reigned with blood and horror on the earth so long that other nations want to emulate you. You think you have no enemies, no one to stop you. But wait, despite all of this splendor, you do have an enemy, one that is stronger than you can imagine. Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will discover thy skirts upon thy face, and I will shew the nations thy nakedness, and the kingdoms thy shame. The great I am has declared war against you. I am going to lift your skirts and show the world your naked bodies. I am going to publicly shame you. And I will cast abominable filth upon thee, and make thee vile, and will set thee as a gazing stock. I will cover your naked bodies in your own filth. The world will see that you have pissed yourself, and your own crap has run down your legs. You who thought you were lions. See, you are nothing but terrified prey, staring wide-eyed, unable to flee away while my eye is upon you. I am the lion of Israel who you see. I am the real lion in your midst. And it shall come to pass that all they that look upon thee shall flee from thee and say, Nineveh is laid waste. Who will bemoan her? Whence shall I seek comforters for thee? Where are your mourners at this your funeral? The people who would have cried over your corpses are fleeing away. Art thou better than populous know, 
that was situate among the rivers, that had the rivers round about it, whose rampart was the sea, and her wall was from the sea? You are now like the city of Thebes you destroyed without mercy. She was protected by water too, remember? Ethiopia and Egypt were her strength, and it was infinite. Put and Lubim were thy helpers. Yet was she carried away. She went into captivity. Her young children also were dashed in pieces at the top of all the streets. And they cast lots for her honorable men, and all her great men were bound in chains. Thebes was great too, Nineveh, but she's gone. Her babies were killed, and her powerful men were sold as slaves while you rolled dice to see who would own them. You bought and sold their warriors. Remember what you did? Who is being sold like furniture now? Can your muscles save you from my arm? Thou also shalt be drunken. Thou shalt be hid. Thou shalt seek strength because of the enemy. All thy strongholds shall be like fig trees with the first ripe figs. If they be shaken, they shall even fall into the mouth of the eater. See, you can't think straight. You are so scared and in chaos that you stumble around like you were drunk. In this the day of your peril. You are hiding. You who thought you were lions. You are hiding. You are like figs that are so ripe and shaken a man can simply stand under a tree and open his mouth. You fall right in and he eats you up. Behold thy people in the midst of thee are women. The gates of thy land shall be set wide open unto thine enemies. The fire shall devour thy bars. Look, your warriors are as weak as women. Your strongest gates are open and your enemies are simply walking inside and burning your strongest holds. Draw thee waters for the siege. Fortify thy strongholds. Go into clay and tread the mortar. Make strong the brick kiln. There shall the fire devour thee. The sword shall cut thee off. It shall eat thee up like the canker worm. Make thyself many as the canker worm. Make thyself many as the locusts. Go ahead and try to prepare for this. Store up an ocean of water and tons of food. Make your walls double thick and twice as high if you can. There will be no escape for you no matter what you do. Try and make yourself into a mighty swarm. Just like a swarm, like the locusts that overwhelm a nation and devour it, you are being destroyed. Thou hast multiplied thy merchants above the stars of heaven. The canker worm spoileth and flieth away. Thy crowned are as the locusts, and thy captains as the great grasshoppers, which camp in the hedges in the cold day. But when the sun ariseth, they flee away, and their place is not known where they are. You have so many merchants and wealth, possessions and industry, so many warriors and soldiers, you think you outnumber all of the nations of the earth. Oh, your pride. Just like locusts, your merchants and friends will strip your land and flee until they are gone. Your leaders and soldiers will huddle together in terror like insects in a bush when it is cold. My sun will rise, and they will disappear and leave you, Nineveh, just as vermin that cannot bear the heat and fly away. Thy shepherds slumber, O king of Assyria. Thy nobles shall dwell in the dust. Thy people is scattered upon the mountains, and no man gathereth them. There is no healing of thy bruise. Thy wound is grievous. All that hear the brood of thee shall clap the hands over thee. For upon whom hath not thy wickedness passed continually? Your national leaders, whom you believe shepherd you, are asleep at their posts. The presidents and governors that you look up to are asleep in your time of greatest need, and your powerful princes and CEOs are dead in the dust. Your people are scattered across the mountain ranges, homeless, listless, and helpless. 
There will be no healing of your national culture and identity. You are wounded, and your wound is fatal. Here are your enemies, the one that you have oppressed so long. They are rejoicing. They are singing the songs of joy over your destruction and suffering. They are glad and feast and dance and clap their hands for joy at your sorrow. There are no peoples upon the whole earth that have not suffered because of you. The great day of your power is ended. You have ruled from the rivers to the ends of the ocean. But there was one, the Lord of Israel, who conquered you. There was one who was able to make you afraid. And thus it was, and thus it happened. You can wander to and fro across the entire earth and meet Europeans, Africans, Chinese, Egyptians, and even Eskimos. You can speak French to Frenchmen and enjoy the great ballet Florclorico in Mexico City. You can taste the same delights of Asian kings as Marco Polo did. But try as you might, you will never meet an Assyrian. You will never speak his language, walk his national museums, witness his culture, nor eat his food. There are no citizens of Nineveh today, and she was once the greatest city of them all. The Lord keeps his promises. This has been another amazing and mind-blowing season on the Gospel Feast podcast. We are very excited to announce that Season 3 will be back. Author and historian Reed Simonson will give us another royal treat, this time on the Book of Ruth. We know that Ruth is many people's favorite Old Testament book, so this is going to be very exciting. We would like to thank all of our listeners for the many kind comments, online reviews, and submitted questions. We are grateful that we are being listened to. As of this date, in 482 locations spanning 26 countries. It just goes to show that so many of us are ready for some meat after the milk. Please know that most of the podcast services in which you are getting access to these gospel feasts allow you to subscribe or otherwise get automatic reminders sent when our new podcasts and new seasons become available. This is the surest way you have to make sure you do not miss the Book of Ruth. And I can promise you, this will be a wonderful feast. So until Season 3, remember that you are still able to enjoy all of the author's books on Amazon or Kindle. And my recommendation, in preparation for the study of Ruth, please go back and study the Eastern Thinking chapters in Daniel in the Last Days and Jonah and the Great Plan of Happiness that will prepare you for a truly Eastern book, the Book of Ruth. I can guarantee you, you will not want to miss Season 3, The Book of Ruth. A very special thank you to Hollywood actor Jim Jepsen for his voice talents. (laughs) ¶¶